Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists who are committed to planetary purpose, or in other words, holistic visions for planet Earth. My name is Julian Guderlei, and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Dr. Aaron. Dr. Aaron is a doctor of divinity, founder, TV host of Good Morning La La Land, and Soul Society, new thought minister, best-selling author, international speaker, self-made millionaire, global peace leader award winner in 2016, and mother and lover of life. Forbes featured her as the, one of the 11 most inspirational female entrepreneurs to follow. She is the author of Awakening, a 40-day guide to unleashing your spiritual powers, life's purpose, and manifesting your dreams. And Soul Society is a community of female spiritual leaders in the world committed to enlightenment, empowerment, and entrepreneurship. Erin is definitely one of the most inspirational women entrepreneurs to watch. She believes that when someone awakens, they naturally have a gift and message to bring to the world. So with these words, welcome to the show, Dr. Erin. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor. Yeah, I'm excited to, to hear more about the work you do, the community work you do with uh, you know, empowered uh, female leaders, and, and simply to to dive in about the holistic visions that, that we have for our planet and how to, how to show up in this life. Cause like nothing stops you. We just talked about this before we hit record. Like there is just such a clear calling in you and I can feel that radiating off everything you do. So I want to just start right there. How, how does that happen to one? How did it happen to you that you have just complete clarity that you're showing mm -hmm. up with this mission? There is, there is just a calling, call it from God or the universe or, you know, the beyond and, and that calling is expressing itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked about, I call it the cold shower. It's like, what gets you out of bed and gets you doing your dharma, even when you don't feel like it, even when you have the excuses, even when the car breaks down, even when, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, you know, I mean, my story goes back to where I had a stillborn at 22, and I'm not going to get so into that because so many people have heard that story, and um, which was really a place in time where I committed to doing my own inner healing work and my own spiritual development. But that is very different than, I think, getting into the conviction of the discipline. And I think I remember it was years back, and I had pretty much been doing a bunch of work, self-development but I could never complete a cycle. You know, I had an unfinished book. I had unfinished projects. I was having some financial success, but I was still not trusting myself in my ability to be consistent and to see things through at a level that I knew I was capable of. And I remember that I was suffering inside because I really felt like, why am I, there's this gap between who I want to be and who I'm being. And what is it going to be to close that gap? And I almost feel like it takes, for me, it took um, not wanting to live. You know, it took multiple times of getting kind of so down. I would never take my life. But those times when I would like lay in bed and go like, why? What is the point of this life, you know? And it was in the dying, like they say, the phoenix bird of being reborn into handing my life over to my purpose and calling and really getting that it wasn't about getting anything out of life from my purpose and calling, but it was rather of fully giving to my purpose and calling. And when I got that shift in my perspective of my purpose and calling, 
it, it it's a, I live and breathe service. And even though this may look like a public figure that's be, you know becoming some celebrity, it's not about that for me. It's about being of service everywhere I go and speaking the truth to everyone I go and come in contact with. Beautiful. I think that's that's really worth it to dig in there because it is 2019 and you you are located in Los Angeles. So <laughs> right. how could it not, to a degree, look like? being mm -hmm. a public figure or, or being a media personality, right? I mean, this is, these are the times we live in. It would look different in a different decade or a different century. Right. Well, if you look at the green tablet, you know, and look at the green tablet says to come basically down to reality and then bring people up to enlightenment. So the point is, if you're out there and you want to be a leader, whether it be a leader in green tech or a leader in whatever, you've got to meet reality where it's at and then be the leader to lead where you want to lead. So if you're looking at, at you know, transforming the green tech world, you've got to come to the reality where we're at. And sometimes that is you got to go into the, the gas industry first, you know, and transform the gas industry and take it to more green tech. And so, you know, anywhere you're at in any industry, we have to meet the people and the planet and the reality of where it's at and then lead from there. And reality is people like status. They like the glitz and glam and they like the media. It's just the reality we live in. Mm. Very interesting. I, I am a big fan of, of, this, of this kind of notion that we have to meet the dream in reality because otherwise it's just going to stay a dream. And those people who act, even if they're not aligned with the source or they're not aligned with, with a, a bigger, higher calling, those people who act will still be acting, right? And, and so their actions will have kind of consequences in our world. That's, that's fascinating to me. So you just touched on like, the the loneliness or almost depression like this feeling of not wanting to get up and this shift that happened in you i know that's something you you teach and you share in um society about like the daily practice the anchors of how to how to create a zone in your life where even when a bad feeling shows up even mm. when depression shows up even when fear shows up even when oh my gosh julian i'm so obsessed with this right now i just had like this big huge breakthrough the last couple of weeks in development in my own leadership because when you develop spiritual leaders in your community your community becomes your teacher right mm. so for me i'm very clear i'm i'm more clear than i feel like i've ever been in my entire life and it is that i'm committed to living in grace I'm committed to li living and breathing in non-resistance, which means that I know the power of my mind. I know the power of what I energize persists. So I had a little conflict in my community. There was a little bit of gossip, if you will. There was personality differences. And as a leader, we never look and point our finger at anyone else. We always have to point our finger at ourselves as the CEO. It always comes from consciousness. So as a leader, I'm thinking... I can't point my finger at, at whomever. I have to take full responsibility. So what does it mean? Like, da like Ray Dalio writes in his book, Principles. Ray Dalio created one of the largest VC funds in America. And how he did it was by creating principles, which is the same of whether you're a spiritual practitioner and a leader or whether you're leading the biggest VC fund in America. You've got to get clear of what your principles are. And once we get our principles, we're set free because it's our truth, right? So this is going into codependency, the same thing. If somebody's having you get upset in life, then you have to look at what is it that is having you get upset, taking responsibility for that, 
where do I not put boundaries on and where do I live in my bliss? And so for me, my commitment is to live in the zone and flow with the universe and, and basically live, you know, in the, in the greatest, you know, life I can live. And I have to get really clear of what works for me and doesn't work for me and then live in accordance with that. And then you don't, you don't have to worry about it. I have to ever manage personalities again. Interesting. Really, really interesting. And so how, how does that look for other people that are in your community? So like beyond the personality or, or um, kind of little gossip example that you brought up and, and I'm glad you did. Um, mm -hmm. But, but what are the daily practices that, that you really beyond individuality and uniqueness that everyone brings to the table? What are the daily practices that, that you um, so highly many. recommend? Or, or so focusing on what you do want instead of you don't want, never making another human being wrong. Um, there's a distinction of being on the court versus off the court. So spiritual leaders are on the court or leaders are on the court, right? We don't, we're not sitting in the stands evaluating and judging and having opinions about other people doing stuff. We're on the court and we're taking action or we're literally setting up our game plan to create what we want to create in a, in an offense or a defense kind of a manner. So I don't have time. I do not have time to evaluate any other, any person's stuff. I don't have time to analyze or judge anybody. I'm my vision for my girls and for anybody out there that wants to step into a life of leadership is for you to be so freaking busy and so inspired by what you're up to in life that you don't even have time to think about if somebody is making you wrong or somebody else is making someone wrong. You're literally creating so much and it takes up all of your time. You have time to think about problems. You have time to innovate. That's it. So the state of inspiration, right? This idea that like the moment inspiration hits you, it doesn't let you go. And it's actually resonating much higher than any of the other stuff or, or bullshit that, that could it's not go. a time for bullshit. Yeah. There's no time for bullshit. No time for bullshit. I like it. And I think this is so worthy. That's, that's why I'm having, having you on the show. But at the same time, the state of the world around us often looks like there's still so much BS happening. If it's economics, if it's politics, even if it's religion, right? There's, there's, so much human interest kind of um, try, trying for power, trying for ego expression, whatever it may be. How do you, how do you reckon that this, this evolution or this evolutionary revolution that we're undergoing right now, like, how does it look from your, from your perspective? I think this is a great question. So let's just take like um, global warming. Okay. For example, is it real? Is it not real? You know, I mean, it's in the eye of the beholder, but the reality is that, you know, temperatures have gone up and so there's a reality around it. Okay. So as a leader or anybody out there listening, this is my suggestion. You don't sit on the courts and make people wrong. You don't sit in the stands and make people wrong. You don't sit there and evaluate and, and judge people and talk about how crappy the, the whole game is, okay? You either get on the court and you decide what action you're going to take to make a difference, or you pick some a game that you want to do. Maybe it's nothing to do with global warming. But the people who sit in the stands and name stake and, and get on social media and make people wrong, you're doing absolutely nothing. Get a life mm. is what I have to say. So if you want to go out and you want to create a new technology to help innovate and be the source of, of, the, of the solution, great. If you want to sit there and evaluate and judge people, all you're doing is energizing and making it a messier place that isn't, it's doing no good. In fact, it's harming. That's my own personal yeah. opinion. I hear you. I, I think it's really clear. And uh, there's, 
there is always a lot of strength and clarity. I think it's all about participation personally as well. So maybe let me ask a follow-up question to that, in, especially in regards to your beautiful community you're stewarding and, and leading and guiding. What role do individuality and uniqueness play when you see that people are kind of flocking around the same idea of, let's say, um, spiritual leadership, but then we're all individual expression of this divinity? I believe that we are all the fractal of the one and that your fractal really is the beauty of, of what you've been through. That's the hero's journey. That's the, um, we teach um, a formula for discovering people's purpose and calling. And their purpose and calling is a formula and it goes like this, your triumphs plus your passion plus your skill set or your talents. Those three things. Again, I'll say it again, your triumph plus your passion plus your skill set or your triumph. Okay. I mean, um, talent. Okay. So what does that mean? If everyone wants to be, say there's three of us and we all decide, I want to be a spiritual leader. No, I want to be a spiritual leader. No, I want to be a spiritual leader. Mm -hmm. Well, the difference is, is that my story and my trial and triumphs are going to be different than your trials and triumphs. Maybe you had a trial and triumph over cancer. Maybe I had one over having a stillborn and feeling like I'm the complete effect of life. Maybe the next one had an eating disorder and had to overcome that, whatever that is. But the point is, is that your tribe and who you are going to help bring over the bridge of suffering to triumph is going to be unique for your story. So your story is actually your greatest gift that you have. Your suffering is the greatest gift that you've ever had because it's your unique experience of the relative experience of life, of, of being in suffering and, and hell and coming to your triumph and your heaven on earth. And so that's the, that's the glory of a spiritual teacher. Each one's going to be unique in their own thing, and they're going to have a unique client and audience. Wow. I like that a lot. The, the suffering is our biggest gift, right? Because once we connect with it and we, we learn from our own story and our own hero's mm -hmm. journey. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of gifts in there that we can share. Let me ask you a more personal question at, at this point, and that is, what is required for you to experience trust? What is required for me to experience trust? Um, well, I trust myself, so I'm not worried about trusting or not trusting anyone, but I would say that um, trust is not a morale thing. It is simply a cause and effect. So if you say you're going to do something and you don't do something, then I learn he is somebody that doesn't always do what he says. Hmm. Like, what, give me an example. Cause I don't even relate to the whole conversation of, do I trust you or not? You mean, do I have a gut instinct of like, no, I actually already loved your answer. I think, mm -hmm. I think it's, we, we can talk about gut instinct as well, but the question is, is really just um, aiming to understand about trust in general, where people's opinions are and what people's mm -hmm. feelings are around trust. Cause a lot of people have, have different answers and, for me, you know, um, it's, it's not so much about the right or the wrong answer. Often it's about understanding where experiences are at and where experiences are made because trust um, in, my, in my lifetime so far, I have noticed is it's one of the, the, the biggest enablers and inhibitors at the same time. When trust is there and let's say everyone in a group trusts themselves, yeah. a lot gets, gets done. A lot becomes possible. A lot, a lot of um, even love gets, gets, gets to be experienced, right? Because uh -huh. there's trust in self. But then between countries, between cultures, between different religions, different faith groups, often there's mistrust. And so this mistrust seems to me like one of the biggest inhibitors for social innovation and social change in our times. Mm -hmm. 
And so I'm really just curious about That's trust. So we call it in um, the spiritual realm, we call it the mental equivalent, meaning that you can look and see what someone's values are and what their beliefs are if you look at their life. You can look at who they're hanging out with, where are they in prosperity, what's their health like. You can actually see their mental equivalent, what's going on in consciousness, right? So for me, it's not about trust. And I remember years back, um, one of the biggest things I had to overcome this lifetime was codependency. And I remember I would, I would get into, I had some kind of not so great relationships, dysfunctional at that. And I remember someone saying, Aaron, why don't you look at their actions instead of their words, you know? And I was like, oh, what a concept, right? Like, I remember just yeah. believing someone's words instead of simply just watching their actions. And so I don't think, like, for me, I'm no longer afraid, like, do I trust somebody? Do I not trust somebody? I simply witness somebody. And in witnessing somebody, you can really tell a lot about who they are. Are they their word or are they not? Do they, you know... What is their intention around what they're up to? You can witness someone's life and, and within an hour conversation, I can hear what their beliefs are or what they really value totally. or what they're really committed to. You can just witness people and, and you know exactly where they are. Trust or not trust. I mean, do I believe someone's going to do me harm? I mean, just witness their thing. And, and maybe first time might be a surprise, but when the third time comes around, as I say, right, shame on you once, three times, shame on them once, Shame on you. I don't remember how the saying goes. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Like it just turns around the moment you have to learn from the past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, so let, let, let me extend the question to kind of your, your initial response to around gut feeling. Like, how do you how do you deal with that when you have a very limited amount of witnessing? Like if there if there's just not enough time sure. to witness someone. Well, you wouldn't you wouldn't marry somebody that you just met and you would sure as hell wouldn't get in business with somebody that you just met. So why do you need to trust if you don't have you're not entangling with them, right? So if I'm going to entangle with somebody, then I better do my due diligence, right? So we're not going to hire a president without looking at their background, right? And then it still doesn't matter if we look at their background, right? So like we choose to get into bed with whoever we choose to get in bed with. We, we, have, we can go look at the facts, you know what I mean? Like, who is this human being in front of me? It doesn't mean they're right or wrong or whatever. It's just, do we want to get in bed with this person? Do we want to do business with this person? Do I want to entangle with this person? And that's my choice. They didn't make me do that. I hear you. Can you elaborate a little bit on the word entanglement? It's, it's such a fascinating concept and I'd love to hear it in, in your words. Yeah, so, I mean, well, entanglement means, I mean, you can, in, from an energetic perspective, it means whatever. But for me, entanglement means, am I going to get into a contract with you around business? Am I going to have joint bank accounts? Am I going to entangle my body with you, right? Which includes a lot of biological entanglement. Um, am I going to, at whatever level, right? I mean, entanglement is, there's a gradient of entanglement. But I, I call it dating even in business. Like you date somebody, you begin to do an event or something, but I'm not going to sign a contract. Like we're forever going to start a whole business called, you know, soul society events with somebody that I just met. No, I would have to do like a one-off and see who you are in your, in your integrity. Do I trust you? Do I like you? Do I vibe with you? And then I date a little bit more and then we either it flows and there's abundance and there's whatever. And then you flow some more and then, Maybe I'll start to sign a contract and maybe I'll actually do a DBA or a corporation with you. 
I'm not going to do it from day one. There's no way. Same with if I was in a relationship. I'm not going to say, you're my boyfriend or you're my husband two dates into it. That would be insane. You don't even know the human mm -hmm. being. Yeah. Beautiful. There's, there's a lot about how easy it actually is to get entangled with someone, right? Um, without any further kind of experience other than just the initial kind of good feeling. Um, mm -hmm. And, and that, that often leads to, to a lot of hurt persons. <laughs> you have a smirk on your face. Like this is going back into, <laughs> well, definitely. I have lots of personal experience around that too. I mean, I've lived on, on like three different continents, been, been all around the world in the last 15 years. And, you know, you, sometimes you, you need to entangle with people, even if it's friends, it doesn't need to be business partners or, or uh, romantic partners, just because you realize, okay, in this situation, uh, being alone won't, won't really serve me or support me. And so sometimes uh, it certainly had to learn, um, but also it actually comes up a lot with people in the personal transformational work and the client work I do around coach, coaching and mentorship is people get entangled really fast with each other and to kind of retrace sure. one's own energy and bring it back to center and, and realize that even though we are all the freckles of the one and even though we are generally trusting and loving doesn't mean mm -hmm. we need to create um, physical or energetic contracts of entanglement with anyone. So this is a great example of, of entanglement and trust. Okay, so let's pretend it's a client. You have a client that you've taken on and you know you have one call or something and you decide to, to take on a client, right? You can't necessarily have wait and get to know them for two months to decide if you want them to be your client or not. Exactly. Maybe they're going to become a client. And this is where understanding who we are and having our own principles and boundaries very clear. So when I onboard a client, there are guidelines of what principles we live by and how to communicate with me and how to deal with the upset and all these things that someone knows. So it's like they're stepping into my universe and I'm very clear of who I am. And so if they are going to be, say there's somebody who is just like somebody, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be entangled with. I also have places where I can get out of the loop of my contract. So the more we need to know ourselves, our trust, and if I have to be concerned if I'm going to trust somebody or not, it's because I haven't gotten clear of who I am and my own principles. Totally. I like it. It kind of feels like there's another layer to that initial question about around trust. Mm -hmm. And thanks for going in there. Cause I, again, I feel trust is a very important topic on the planet, especially as we're um, becoming more and more globalized, not just on an economic point of view, but also as a, from a cultural point of view, right? Cause trust mm -hmm. between cultures is a whole other story. Let me ask you another question though, and that's around purpose. Um, I really would, first I would love to like know in your own words, in your own definition, what do you think, um, what's purpose to you? Purpose again is comes out of your, your, basically the suffering of this lifetime and past lifetime. So whether you believe in past lifetimes or not, we have epigenetics and we have the memory of every you know, lifetime that's lived through our DNA. So um, purpose for me, you can have whatever purpose you want. You can put whatever meaning around it. Um, you can do whatever, but the reality is working with you know, thousands of clients and people that I've never not seen the formula work. So your purpose really comes out of the suffering that you've had, the triumphs that you've had, plus your passion, plus your skill set or talent. So mm. of course, living a purpose life, we know that that is what brings most people the fulfillment. And, you know, I think it's just a human nature. I don't know why. It's a, it's a you know, ethereal question that I don't think I could ever even answer. Beautiful. I get it. I think, I think that's, that's a very interesting take on, on, on purpose is, is that, that it's Dharma itself, right? 
Let me just move on through another question then, because I feel like I want to hear a little bit about, about your mm -hmm. take on the education system. If you could either single-handedly or like at a large, if you could change the education system, what would you do? Oh, such a great question, right? I remember being, um, my mom, I don't remember this actually, my mom told me the first day I came yeah. home from, uh, I guess it would have been kindergarten, because I think I was probably five years old, we literally got on a bus and came home and got off a bus. My mom was not a traditional mom, it was back in the day when you could actually walk home from the bus stop alone. And I walked in the front door, she said, I walked in the front door and I said, mom, how old do you have to be to quit school? And she went, oh no, right? I, did, I never understood school. It made no sense to me whatsoever. I was like, why are we sitting in this class? And why am I learning things that I don't care about? And that just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, so I'm very clear of what I would do with the, with the education system now. Number one is um, people need to understand systems right? We have all the information. We don't need to know mathematical equations because we have calculators now, okay? FYI, you guys, we have calculators. We don't need to understand algebra. There's calculators for that now, okay? But what I do need to know is how I apply that systematically into the different areas of my life and how that applies to things that matter to me, okay? And same with technology. I can I have all this technology at my hands, but what do I do with it and how do I apply it to my life? So being able to apply things like researching and applying that innovatively into our businesses, okay? So I believe that schools, if I could do one thing is, first of all, understand how I am a spiritual being and how I am manifesting mm. via my subconscious and how it's connected with the universe. So it'd be like coming down and getting into a Range Rover and then actually believing you're the Range Rover you're not the Range Rover. You can open the door and get out, right? Just like this body, I'm not this body. You're going to use this body and you're going to be able to manifest and, and take action and have a cause and effect life here, okay? So as children, I believe we need to understand that first. How are we using our mind? How are we using energy? And how's it playing out? Number one thing, more important than learning geography by a freaking long shot, okay? What is my nature? How do I work? How do I work? the manual of me, then I need to understand the physics of life and how that projects into the relationships of my life, how that projects into my finances and, and career, how that projects out into my health and wellness, and how that projects out into my creative expression. So we have the four legs of life. After I've learned me and I've learned the manual of me, then I'm going to learn the four manuals of, of the four, you know, how we are creating into existence these four areas of our life and the basics of those things. Like like balancing a checkbook or like, how do I have a good relationship? Never make anyone wrong. How do I accept human beings? And how do I communicate in a constructive way? The basics of life. And then when you get into the specialty, so when a child is interested in art, then they're going to develop more in the art. When they're more interested in the science, they would begin to develop more in the science. When they're interested more in, in whatever that may be, they would go off into different genres. It is ridiculous that we have children learning this whole curriculum that they're not even interested in. The first area, if you want to learn, is you got to be interested in it. I love what you're sharing, and and I think all the power to it. You know, sorry, I'm preaching. It, I I love. I know. Please preach. I think that is a, a shared notion between you and I, and I know the tribe tuning in is 
is very much connected to that as well. Because for some people, maybe this education system kind of worked. For a lot of people, it didn't. And I think there's like some obvious um, uh, lacks and flaws in it. And then there's, there's some, some more, I guess, like evolved kind of pieces that we need to integrate. And, and for me personally, I made a very similar experience uh, to you. I, I basically came home to mom every, every other day and had another story to share about what happened in school and how I would do it differently. And I remember my mom being very patient and loving, but she, she couldn't really uh, do, do more than hold that space and that ground for me. But as a child, I always had this notion, if this was a business, they would ask us as the customers how we're enjoying this and what we would do different or what oh, we would do. Right? right? So, yeah, I love where you're going there. This is <laughs> very much, very much, um, at least in agreement with my own beliefs. But I think education is a very vast topic, right? And it never stops. And then this is kind of my follow-up question to you because I know you, um, you do a lot of um, subconscious clearing and like creating from the subconscious. So mm-hmm. do you want to share a little bit more about how that is showing up in your community? Yes. I love, this is my greatest passion of all. Years back, I was obsessed when I had had my stillborn at 22 and I was like, what, what are we doing here? What's my spiritual nature? I began to seek and seek and seek and seek um, the different modalities and trying to understand how is this, if there's this thing called universal law and we create all energy, we basically direct energy from consciousness, how the same use of energy can create suffering and bonds and hell on earth, addiction and dysfunction. And that's that same energy that can create innovation and, and inventions and and beauty and love and heaven on earth, I began to go, how do we do that? And how did I create this living hell versus a life that I love? And so it all came down to one thing, which I believe science would agree with, which is subconscious work. Subconscious is supposedly creating about 98% of, of our, you know, what we're doing in this life. So how do we reprogram the subconscious? And after doing so much research and becoming obsessed with it, I found that there's certain modalities that work the best. And it stems back, and if you look at the origin of even cognitive therapy or any of the spiritual work, it goes back to Socrates' method. It goes back to Greek oracle processes. And basically what that is, is it is teaching us how we're directing energy. So I like to use it a lot. If you're listening or watching right now, you can look at your computer or phone, touch it. And basically this is the hardware of of this platform. We are very much like computers. So if you touch your body, this is what we consider the hardware. You have so many neurons, you have so many whatever. And if you go into the computer, that's what's considered the software. This is what gets glitches in it. It can upgrade your software, downgrade your software. In us, it's called our belief systems. We are programmed via our DNA. We're programmed via the belief systems of our culture, of our parents, of the movies that we watch, and so on and so forth. Then if we go into the computer or phone, there's memory. We have so much memory, okay? In us, we have memory. It's stored in our DNA, or you can call it the Akashic Records if you want to go to spiritual, whatever. All memory lives in us. Totally. Epigenetics is not proven us, okay? So then you can have the best computer, the best software, the best memory, but if you don't have an operator, it's not going to do anything. Same thing with us. You are not your body, you are not your beliefs, and you are not your memory. You are the spiritual being 
operating through this vehicle. Okay. So what do we do to reprogram the subconscious mind? It's just like a computer that gets glitches in it. What happens? You get that little spinning ball in your computer, you have viruses, it gets slow, it gets jammed up, whatever that is. So same thing happens with us. We get confused. We get overwhelmed. We get sad. What are all these things? It's basically like programs running in the back of our lives. And it's all the trauma, the trauma that has happened, the belief systems, the false identity, all these things have happened. And what do you do with your computer when you want to reprogram it? You clean it up. You pull up the programs running in the background. You close them down. You organize it. You clear out your cache. You debug. You may reboot. Same thing happens in subconscious processing. So what we do is we go into a session and we, pull, we begin to pull up the mental pictures that are playing in the background, the trauma that happened when you were at eight, you know, eight years old and you know, your dad hit your mom in front of you and you decided you will never get married. In fact, love equals pain. Mm -hmm. And for the rest of your life, Every relationship that comes in, it's just this big drama and you're just like, I'm out of here. I'm not doing it. It's painful. Or the first time you dealt with not being able to have money and the kids made fun of you, you decided I'll never have money or whatever it may be. And these traumas play out over and over again. So what we do is we pull up the trauma and we neutralize it because the trauma has charge on that mental picture. And we re-experience it until it is neutralized and until there's no more emotion on it, there's no more meaning on it. And we put that back into your past and you become more and more present. And what happens is we spot those commands and we basically know that these commands are playing out and you're no longer just in your subconscious mind. You now restore your freedom of choice and your free will. Beautiful. I love how clearly you can walk us through that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of my passions as well. I think it is something that at this stage of our evolution and in that, you know, as we're in the very beginning of the 21st century, it, all of us have to go through that pro us. probably countless times. And, and it, it doesn't really stop unless we create frameworks and systems that um, kind of, as you said a little earlier, that, that help us to experience and grow into freedom from birth, right? Well, and a lot of people, you know, they think they've dealt with their trauma. They go, I spot that trauma. I see how it's affected my life. I see how, you know, whatever. But then you talk about the trauma and they start getting emotional. It mm. means they haven't dealt with their trauma. The charge is still there, yeah. The charge is still there. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. I, I personally also, you know, I've, I've met too many people that told me like, oh, I, I've done all my work. Of course. Yeah. And, of course, and yeah. so, so even when I think I've done all my work and, you know, I have a human uh, brain and a, a human yeah. personality, every time that notion comes up, I'm like, don't, don't even get started with that BS. Like, yeah, maybe for the moment being right now, there's, there's nothing I need to clear or, or, or whatsoever, but mm -hmm. it's an ongoing cycle. We're clearing our consciousness for the collective as well. 100%, yeah. Mm -hmm. You want to go a little bit in, in more about that because this is kind of like the one of the core questions of my podcast. And this is when we go into seven generational thinking, right? And I call it earth vision or like holistic visions for planet earth. If we think mm -hmm. 200 years into the future, which happens mm -hmm. to be seven generations, which also happens to be what the native American people, well, the indigenous people across the planet actually um, hold as their kind of ethos. So mm -hmm. when we, when we look into a seven generational kind of way and outlook on, onto the earth, how, how does it, 
become relevant that we're clearing for ourselves and for the collective. Mm. Um, so I believe that there's no such thing as time or space, right? So really time is just a measurement of consciousness. That's all it is. So there's only spirit. There's only me. There's always only been the one spirit. Okay. Consciousness, the witnesser, if you will. So whether it be back where we were a witnesser in a single cell organism or whether we're here or whether we are 2000 years in advance, we're really experiencing what we've created, the collective of what we've created, the good, the bad, the ugly, all the above, right? So open your eyes and you're like, wow, I really create, if I, the I am, not individual Aaron, the I am created this entire universe. And at first we created this, like we just started pushing energy around, right? It's like, cool. It's like painters, like painting. And then it's like, well, I pushed energy around enough. Let's, let's, what else can we create? Right. Let's condense this energy and let's make substance and, and particles and atoms and molecules and elements. And, and then it's like, well, cool. Now let's create like some chemistry. And when we put this and this together, we create water. H2O, and then we create more. It's like a big playground of consciousness of what we can create, right? So we're in this relative form, right? If we're already, if you will, the almighty, you can call it God, you can call it consciousness, you can call it whatever. We're already that. If you close your eyes right now, we're always almighty. I can fly, I can float, I can go back, forward in time, whatever. If I open my eyes, I experience myself being limited, right? So how do I experience more of myself if, if I'm already almighty? I'm here to experience myself in the fractal of being a limited, a limited like master of limitation, if you will, right? So I'm never going to create myself as almighty because al I'm already that. So I believe 200 years from now, 2000 years from now, we're going to have just more relative of heaven and hell. There's not going to be just heaven. I'm already almighty. If there's no resistance, it's not going to be a fun game I'm up to. So 2000 years from now is not about clearing out all negativity. It's about creating more and more in a freaking even more profound magnetized way so there's going to be even more heaven and hell because if i'm not on this relative playground called life i might as well just go back to the ethereal interesting i i like where you're going with it and i i want to just maybe challenge that just for a second so i personally agree with you that there is like always going to be contrast right and there's always a need for um like another polarity but i I would challenge that there needs to be like a heaven and hell kind of scenario. Cause I mean, after all, we're the meaning making machines. So this is just a meaning that, that humans made up around suffering and, and kind yeah. of uh, and, and around judgment. But the, the way I'm kind of personally guided and, and the, the insights that I've um, received from, from elders on this planet is that, and, and there is lots of legacy around the, for example, the Mayan timeline about very similar as you described around like time being infinite. Um, the, the yogis talk about it as well, if it's Bhaktuans or Yugas, right? That there is kind of like um, a different form of our existence where even though we still experience contrast, we might not have to be victim or suffering to this polarity game. But even though the polarity might be mm -hmm. extreme, we can find, and you used that word earlier, which I, I really love, the, this like neutral place or this neutral zone mm -hmm. within the polarity as a species, right? As a species possibly even connected to the earth, which yes. right now it doesn't look like it. We're still fighting and the polarity is, is rampant out there, but 
I don't think the polarity will ever go. I think that the meaning making machine might go away. I think that that might be a transition in consciousness of the human brain. Mm. Um, I think we could very well evolve out of that in the human mind or wherever we go, but I don't think that we'll ever move past polarity because that's the physics of the universe. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree to the, the physics of the universe. I find it interesting when polarity shows up um, because right now we, we're living in a very polarized kind of political and economic world that this polarity actually has power over me as long as I'm going with the polarities. And the moment I find my own kind of neutral ground between the polarities i've observed in my own life that even though it might still be playing out around me there's there's very little power that it has over me but that's i think that it, there's two different polarities we're talking about right mm. we're talking about polarity of physics versus a polarity of the concept of a conflict it's two different type of polarities i think that people need to make a distinction within that word mm fascinating and thanks thanks for going there i think it's 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 very um kind of needed at this time that we're, that we're in that we go into the deeper topics um mm -hmm. as well as well as in, into and people need to know that what they resist persists so if mm -hmm. i um am against elite i mean i think that i mean trump is genius in this he understands that the more people are against them the more energy they're giving him so I, and I, I do not have a political stance, so it's not my place on this planet. It's not the, the, the game that I've chosen to have, mm. but, um, but I do believe that what I, for a fact is what we resist persists. So if you are for or against whatever politically, you are just fueling whatever you're against, period. So again, it's about creating a better game. And just like you said, we'll go past that type of polarity and move into using the polarity to mm. create what we truly desire. It's kind of like the internet. The internet uses you or you it, use it. Social mm. media is using you or you're using it. Mm. Polarity is for you, not against you. Yeah, it's fascinating. I have two more questions for you. Um, mm -hmm. and, and one it's just kind of bringing it back to the like 3D material realm. If there were three things in your life that you wouldn't want to live without, what would they be? Oh gosh, sleep, coffee, and what else? Um, truth. <laughs> sleep, coffee, and truth. Yeah, there you go. Nice, I like it. And well, I wish I didn't have to have sleep, so that'd be great if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, part, part of the polarity, right? The one is like awake and then the other is the, the uh, sleep. Which is funny because it's all energy, right? Sleep gives me more energy, coffee gives me more energy, and truth gives me more energy. Energy is the greatest, you know, um, that's power is being able mm. to move energy. Mm. And my last question is, is kind of, aimed around happiness and the idea of happiness. And I, I just want to, you know, a more personal take, like what is happiness to you? Happiness is a relative um, fleeting emotion. Hmm. Fulfillment, I could speak on that. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I believe that the happiness movement is a real dangerous movement personally. You can't sustain an emotion. It's like sustaining, you know, it's fleeting. It's like a cloud that rolls by. You can't sustain happiness. You can sustain fulfillment, which means that you're in alignment with your core values, which means that you're living your truth. Very different. Beautifully put. 
Dr. Aaron, is there anything else you want to add? You want to shout out anything you want to bring attention to? You want people to look at? Well, I first want to say thank you for all your consciousness work. You're a highly evolved human being. I know that I, I have never really even, I want to hear more of your story because I'm sure you have a very, very deep story for you to be doing this work. I know someone had to have gone through a lot to come to the place where they care a lot about the conscious conversation for everything from earth to politics, to mindset, to everything. So I just want to acknowledge you for sure. And then also I just want out there with anybody who's listening that whatever you are desiring is truly desiring you. And the mastery of getting what you truly desire is to focus on what you want instead of what you don't want. It's that simple. It really is that simple. And embodying that mindset and skill set that is the mental equivalent of whatever it is that you truly desire. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time and thank you yeah. for being on Green Planet Blue Planet. Thank you so much, Julian. And that's that, another episode of Green Planet Blue Planet Podcast. I hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights, knowledge, and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life, into your relationships or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world. Because this is a movement and we're all part of it, very much so, and we're in this together. We're here to create a world of a triple bottom line where you win, I win, and the entire planet wins. We're raising consciousness together and you know that. That's why you're listening, that's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, invite a friend to listen to a Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you, free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self, the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview, because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration. And after more than 100 episodes now, with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up to amplify who you are, what's coming through you and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you and I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships because getting all of the juice, all of that life force that's in you out into the world is something you deserve and the entire world around us deserves. Also, I work with people who are entirely new to this, to the topic of planetary purpose or the topic of meditation, the topic of insight, evolution and revolution. And if that's you and you're ready to step out of the ordinary and into creation or if you know someone who is totally ready for that, Make sure to check out the website or share the website. And you can also always shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll definitely read it and get back to you. Because, like, th guys, this is real life. Let's be in touch and let's create this together. Last but not least, there's a few different group experiences I host, both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments, and I'm happy to tell you more. So simply inform yourself and stay connected because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in, connect with someone today, make them smile, have yourself a stellar day. 
Lots of love to you and until soon.